Deep Productions. Yes! Welcome back to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we have an opinion like we have a clue. Thank you for coming back. And here's your host, John Nothing Doe. Oh, yes. That never, ever, ever gets old. I love it. Guys, welcome back to the world famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast. Yes, we are a member of Go Deep Productions. Just a friendly reminder, you can find our podcast and our site at godeepproductions.godaddysites.com. That's where our beautiful website is. That's where all the magic starts and happens. And uh, talking about magic, we have two bro hosts on the show. Can't wait to get them on and get this bullshit rolling. So first on the menu, we have the wonderful, the powerful, and I was going to say delicious, but I don't think that fits. The one and only GI motherfucking Joe. How are you? Good. Good to be here. Good to be back. Thanks for having me back on. No problem, man. You know, after sack lunches and Metaverse, I thought we could have you back and we could find out a little bit more about uh-huh. you. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 And, uh, you know, with that giggle in the background, you know that this person enjoys his blue chew and everything of that sort. And that would be the one um, and the only Motorsports Mofo. How are you, buddy? There was no giggle there. Uh, John, I, th- I clearly think that was uh, Joe uh, trying to find his footing after the sack lunches. <laughs> oh, wow. That's going to be that kind of night, huh, fellas? It's going to be a roaster delight for sure. And it looks like you're on the menu there, bud. So, uh, all right. <laughs> I, I just want to know, just I just want before we get started there, yep. John. I just want to know, like, what type of truck did you guys take into the woods that night? Like, do you remember that much? I'm afraid I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, Blue Chew. About like when when you know GI Joe there was taken on this adventure for the heat lightning. I was curious were they driving a Kenworth, a Freightliner, a Western Star. I'm just curious if uh, GI Joe remembers that much or he already blacked out. <laughs> I thought it was I a bus. Know. Oh wow. <laughs> Wow. Maybe it was like uh, an Orion or a Nova. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, It's never going to end with you, too. Never going to end. You know what, man? We can go look for heat lightning as long as I come with uh, protection. But anyways. Actually, to answer your question, it was an international. All right. I respect that. International bus? International bus. So it was like an actual school bus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was an international bus. (laughs) Did, uh, <laughs> did this school bus have tinted windows? I'm sorry. I don't mean to go uh, back. Actually, to... actually, it actually did. We had to put them down so we could actually see. <laughs> it oh, just keeps going deeper. Yeah. No, oh, wow. Thank God this is Go Deep, the podcast. All right, folks. So <laughs> we part of this episode is we wanted to actually dive deep into the legend uh, the one and only G.I. Joe here. Uh, G.I. Joe has a pretty storied life. He's been through a lot. He's seen a lot. He's probably seen a lot more than a lot of us or a lot of you listeners have even uh, imagined. But G.I. Joe uh, was in the Army in the U.S. He is a, a veteran, if you will. And we just wanted to kind of dive deep and kind of get an idea of what it's like from when he got into the Army and like his process and the mind, the mindset he had. So GI Joe, you decided yep. to go to the army. What made you decide to go to the army? What were you doing before well, the army? And, and this, this was a true story. It was, it was many years ago. I, I was uh, at a club with a bunch of friends of mine and I, and of course we got drunk and I came home. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I was watching this special on TV about 18 year olds, not even old enough to buy a beer, getting shot and killed. And of course me being lit, I actually called my recruiter and I said, Hey, I want to join the army. So he goes, I'll be there in two hours. And he showed up two hours later. Wow. And I went in and I took the ASVAB test. What's that? And what's, this, what's the ASVAB test? The, the ASVAB test basically sees what your knowledge is, how smart you are, and, and basically to see if you can even 
you know, had the intelligence to even, you know, dig a foxhole. So to get in the army, you made it, you made it past that there, G.I. Joe? Well, th- back in the day, I don't know what it is now, but you had to get a 31 to get in, right? And the test is like four or five hours long. Well, I got an 84. And the Ooh. test was supposed to be, yeah, I got an 80. And I don't know how I got that. But the <laughs> test was supposed to be like, no, seriously, it was supposed to be like four hours long. And I was going to ITT Technical Institute at the time. And I guess, and I was majoring in uh, information security systems. And I mean, they teach you how to take tests and how to, you know, I guess, think logically. And I think that's one of the reasons why I did so well on, on the ASVAB. And I got it done in two hours. And I remember when I handed in my Scantron, that's the sheet that has all your answers on it, right? You, they, they scan it, right? Yeah. And I handed it in and the, and the major was like, you're already done? I said, yeah. I go, this test was a joke. So he scans it and he goes, you can pretty much do whatever you want to do. I go, what I get? He goes, you got an 84. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, you can do whatever you wanted to do. And he and he goes, what do you want to do? I said, I want to drive a truck. That's what I want to do. Hey, that's the most dangerous job. After that, I took the test. We went to, uh, I won't say the barracks name for identity purposes, but sure. we went to the barracks. And I talked to a couple of the majors there and a couple of the sergeants there. And, and I started getting processed in. And then I came home about noon that day. Uh, I hadn't uh, li- raised my hand yet. That was going to be the next day. You uh, swear to defend, protect the Constitution of the United States, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So that was so that was the next day I went in. And it was on February 14th, 2006. I remember it like it was was yesterday and I went in it was on Valentine's Day I raised my hand and I swore and I was so proud I was like yeah I'm gonna go kick some ass so let me ask so, you so was- now now you've you've passed this test you've now gone in what is the process now when you're being brought in and you're are you getting is it like full metal jacket where you're going into like a little tent and they're shaving your head and your pubes and then you're well, moving it, on it's more than that they do a full medical on you they actually uh, do an AKG on you they take shots they do blood samples uh, they check your blood pressure they, they do a full physical they even check your teeth you know and yeah. I passed everything but the, except the high blood pressure I, I had high blood pressure and I'm going to be honest Honestly, there was this. This lady was was like, you, you can't, you can't go in the army because your blood pressure is too high. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is this is some bullshit. And there's another guy sitting there that was administering the tests and stuff. He goes, come over here, man. And he goes, you really want to be in the guard, don't you? And I said, hell yeah. He goes, give me your paper. So he actually crossed out what she wrote and fibbed my blood pressure results. He goes, you're going in. So I'm like, yes. I'm in. So then once I passed that, then I, what I had to do is I had to report to the barracks that was close to where I lived. And I won't, like I said, I, I can't say what it is. No. They had what's called recruit sustainment because you don't go to basic training right there and then when you're in the National Guard. So it's so, not like the movies at all then? No, no, it's way different now. Well, but, so well, I think one of the reasons is because we're not really at a full-blown war where they're not like rushing everybody in as fast as they can. Yeah. You know, when we were at the Iraq and Afghanistan was going on, but it wasn't like Vietnam or World War II, right? Yeah. You know, so. Sorry, you reported well, to your barracks and then what well, happens when you report to your barracks? See, my training was different. I wasn't in the, 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 the National Guard. I won't say the state, but I'll say I was in the National Guard. In the National Guard, we're basically the reserves for, for the U.S. military. And what they do is until they have a slot open to where you can go to, to an actual barracks, or like an actual training facility, like a couple of weekends a month, you have to go to what they call recruit sustainment, where you go in and you train and you learn the military life. You you stay at the barracks, you do your PT, uh, you learn a little, little bit about the U.S. weapon systems, a history about the Army, how to dress, how to eat, how to, to maintain, to, to be healthy, uh, how to carry yourself, hygiene, uh, what not to eat, what not to drink, uh, what not to say, how to carry yourself, stand at attention, march. And I did that from February to July. That was like six months, right? 
night, I was, I was going a couple of weekends a month. And then in July, I was sent to, I can say this, to Fort Knox, which is at the time was what they call an all-male division. And it's one of the hardest training facilities in the world. And it's no joke. Huh. It is no joke. Okay, so, so we, you go to Fort Knox there, and that's also perceived to hold the U.S.'s, uh, ha- some of the U.S.'s gold reserve. Is this correct? It is correct, but it's not there all the time. Clearly, they move it around. Because you never know who's they, yeah, they, they, they move it around. They move it around. But it's there, you know, I mean, it's like the, the Federal Reserve in New York City ha- actually has more gold in it now. But uh, it, it, like I said, it, it fluctuates. It, it moves around because of, you know, terrorist attacks and this, that, and the other. But it, it moves around. But Fort Knox does have a substantial amount of gold in it. So okay, it does. so G.I. Joe, you pull up to Fort Knox. You're not blue and, uh, you're not chewing blue chews like our friend Motorsports Mofo. What is I think uh, you meant Alan Smithy. <laughs> Oh, fuck. So, Alan Smith, you'll make a Jeep slap. But uh, anyways. So we get there and they tell us what to bring. You know, I said, hey, just bring pretty much what you have on your back because the army is going to supply everything. To, you know, you don't need anything else. You, you don't need any civilian clothes because for the first, you know, 10, 12 weeks, you're not going to have a free time. You're going to be their bitch, if you will. So they tell you basically to bring what's on your back and bring a credit card, you know. So, so okay. So you, you, you get told what to have. Do you get like a checklist at this point of what your expectations are after the they've told you or is it just expected that no. when they tell you that you'll they, just remember they, 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 they say report here at this time you get to the airport they give you they give you a plane ticket right so I flew from or I flew from to Fort Knox yep. and we get there at about 8, eight 9 o'clock at night we get off our you know planes and these, these these big ass gray buses standing there and you're like what the fuck did I just do now these what gray the buses fuck? did they also have tinted windows and were you offered $200 and a sack lunch with a 2 4 no. <laughs> no no tinted no no, 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 no tinted windows, but the drill sergeants were big motherfuckers, man. These fuckers, they didn't play. And right from 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 soon as you got off that plane, the army owns you. That they, they own you. You are the property of the United States military. Well, you do and sign an agreement, do you not? Yeah, you sign it. Yeah, when you sign an agreement and you enlist and you swore, take you swear, you're basically signing your life away. You become the property of the United States government. And they, the United States Army, what people don't understand is it's a dictatorship. Okay. It is a dictatorship. Well, it kind it of would is. have to be, I think. Yeah. So we get on these buses and we drive like we 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 land in uh, Louis, Louis Louisville Kentucky. We drive like an hour and a half to, to Fort Knox and it's like ten o'clock at night and they're yelling and screaming. Rah, rah, rah. So we're running around, you know, and they're lighting dudes up. I mean, they're pushing dudes. They're they're, they're fucking dudes up because dudes are you know already you know lot of gagging. No man, I was running like I was running, saying attention, doing what I had to do so I wouldn't be seen. So this is what they call reception. So like the first twelve to fourteen days or two weeks you're there, they call it reception where they do more medical training. They, they're basically processing you in. They're doing more of a background check on you. They're getting you used to military life, and you're, you're on base and you're staying in the barracks. They're, they're they're issuing your 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 first set of uniforms, your ACUs, your combat boots. Your they even issue underwear, uh, long johns, socks, t-shirts, your BDU pants, your 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 jacket, your your shirts, everything. You're getting all what they call TA fifty. So you're getting all your gear issued to you, right? And and, and you're you're basically wondering why are they issuing us all our gear because we're going to lose like twenty pounds. So if you ever see guys that, that where the uniforms are kind of sloppy. It's not because they're sloppy. It's because well, those uniforms are issued to them the first day they got to their base. So then they've lost like 20 pounds. So they're going to be kind of hanging and look a little bit sloppy. But that's, you know, that's just how, how that is. So G.I. So Joe, 
Let me ask you yeah. something. I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but I just have a million to one questions here. So you get mm-hmm. yourself set up. You have your own barracks. Is it like the movies where you have like a little trunk in the front and that's where all your clothes go and everybody has like a bunk bed? Or No, we, it- we, we, we actually have like a, a tall, like a closet. Uh, the, you, there's, there, the bunks are stacked and there there's 60 bunks per room, if you will. And there's two closets beside each each set of bunks. And your battle buddy, which is a guy that you train with, and you never leave that person's side. If you're if you're by yourself, you don't want to be by yourself because it's. They came up with the term battle buddy because in the first, I think I, don't, I think it might have started in Vietnam. Guys are disappearing because they go off take a piss by themselves, and then they get, you know get hacked or whatever. Now you have your battle buddy where you two are like twins, and you go everywhere together, and it's it's a safety system too. Right, you cover each other's ass or whatever. So you do everything together. You eat, sleep, shit. You do whatever together. And people say, "Well, you shit together." Yeah, one one of you guys got to go to the bathroom. You both go, right? Oh, wow. And that's a, it's a security thing, right? So you, you you're never without your battle buddy. You're never without this guy. You know. So GI Joe, another question for you. So now you started basic training, right? Is it is this mm-hmm. like the movies where they're waking your ass at four o'clock in the morning to go for a yep. nice uh, run? Or yep, well, you start out. You do. You start out with a run, and they're. It's like four thirty in the morning, and they're coming in there. Drill sergeants are coming in there, and they're they're lighting dudes up, pulling them out of bed. They're really that's hard because they have to get you in that mindset. They break you down to where you're nothing, and you have to unlearn everything you've ever known about life. You have to forget about it because you have to learn the army way, and that's all that matters. Learn the army way. That's it. They break you down to nothing. I'm telling you, they were nice. I was crying. I was crying. I, I and so, I guess ultimately they're just trying to get you to a point where you understand where you actually stand. Is this the idea? Yeah, and they're, and they're preparing you for for war. They're preparing you because the enemy ain't gonna take the enemy isn't gonna show you any remorse or mercy or whatever. They're they're training you to kill. They're training you to be a killer to kill to destroy the enemy. That's what they're training you to do. They have no remorse, no compassion. You don't give a fuck. It's like this: if you don't have that American patch on on your your arm, fuck you. And that's what they're training you for. We have the best army in the world. I don't care what anybody says. We have the best army in the world. We do. After so, now when you're when you're when you get to these bar- is it barracks or I believe you said barracks. When you're when you're first getting there, is it like the movies then where everyone, you know, standing around and um, I say standing around, but you know what I mean? You're you just got there are, are guys introducing themselves? Hey, I'm, you know, no, G.I. Joe, no. and I, I'm from Kansas, and no, someone no. else is, I, I'm from, you no. know, Mississippi. No, they separate you, and they, they form your, pl- your platoons, and, and the platoon has 60 guys in it, right? And okay. you go to your barracks, and you're standing there at attention, and there's, you know, and the, the drill sergeants are basically, you're standing there at attention, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and you're, you're tired of shit, because you've been up since like 6, o- 6 o'clock in the morning. And what the drill sergeants are do, they're sizing you up, and they're, they're lighting you up, they're, they're fucking with you, and they're yelling at you screaming at you saying you know they're just it's kind of sort of like what uh, uh that's a little bit like the full metal you know full metal jacket but it's a little bit more intense it was like 20 drill sergeants was lighting you up yelling at you screaming at you just you know getting you in that mindset you literally don't go to bed till like 3 30 and then a half an hour later you get up they, they get you up again and it's it's it, they, they're, they're getting you ready for basic training. I mean, it's it's two weeks of, 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 of getting you ready just to train. And it's just two weeks of drill sergeants lighting up. And at first you hate it, but then as, you, as you're as you going through it, you're realizing, you know, every one of these drill sergeants, they've been where you are. 
Yeah, and 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 everyone of ours, everyone everyone in, in my platoon, they had seen action, and 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 four of them had actually had bullet wounds. So they they've been downrange and they've seen death, and they're like, hey, we've been through the shit, and we know what the fuck we're doing. And two of my drill sergeants were former Marines who joined the army, and you know they they just loved it. They just joined another branch. So these guys had seen shit, if you will. Now, when you join another branch, say you come from the Navy and you come over then to the. Um the army. Yeah. Do you redo basic training or do you have to skip that part and immediately start uh, into it, the next level or how does that work? You go through what's called a refresher course and maybe four to six weeks, but you have to, you have to go through some type of, of training to be familiarized with that branch of the military. Well, no, yeah. I understand that. I guess I mean, is this say you're a, I don't even know the ranks. I really have no idea. But if, if, I mean, you're a sergeant, if you're a sergeant, I don't know how they did it, do it now, but I know back in the day, uh, they go through a, a refresher course. And if you pass that refresher course for certain marks, if you will, then no, you don't have to go back to basic. But if you're a dumbass, then yeah, you have to go to you know basic. Okay. You, you have to go through a refresher course, which is kind of like a we'll call it a modified boot camp. And now, now after spending some time downrange, I know from from speaking to you and knowing you, I mean, you've spent uh, some time in Afghanistan and that. I'm curious, what would be your thought if you've ever even thought about that, or if you and any guys have, have discussed it? Would you have any desire to like be in the Navy on like an aircraft carrier or something like that, or? Do you think that, no, you were, I mean, I say happier, but I understand it wouldn't have been happy times. Yeah. But you know where I'm going. Would you, are you happy that you went, you know, infantry style military versus being on like an aircraft carrier or something like that? Yeah. Because me, I I wanted to be in the shit. I wanted to be in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah. You're in the thick of it on, on a carrier kind of sort of, but you're not really, you're there, but you're not there, you know? I mean, when you go to sleep at night on a carrier, you know, a carrier, is, uh, they're pretty much unsinkable. You, you know, you're not going to get sunk. But if you're what I was, an 88 Mike, uh, a transport, you know, you're sleeping underneath the trailers or you're sleeping wherever you can find a place to sleep in a fox or wherever, you know, you're, you're, you're behind enemy lines, you know, you're in the thick of it. And that's where I wanted to be. You know, what would I, would I do it again and go on a carrier? No, I would want to be in the thick of it. I want to be in the fighting. I got to be, you know, on the front lines. I want to be there. That's just me. So GI Joe, you, yeah. uh, you've passed basic training. You get, you go through a little oh. ceremony and everything else, right? Yeah. Now, is this the part oh. where you, you guys go and decide exactly how you're going to do business and what you're going to do from here on out in terms of your career well, of the army? Well, you have, when, when you go to basic training, you decide what you want to be. Basic training is just basically teaching how to shoot and shoot the weapons. You, it gets you, get, get you familiarized with the armor way of life. They get you in shape. They shoot you some some infantry skills, uh, and you learn the M16, the M4, the 50 cal, the M70, the, the Bravo 249, uh, and you learn the the A10. It's a it's a grenade launcher. Uh, you basically learn the basic rules of the military. Then after that's like 12 weeks, right? Then they, you go to what's called your individual training or AI, your advanced training, right? That's where you go to your your, your special your, your specialty. I wanted to be a truck driver, so I after, after my boot camp, then I go to another barracks, another base, which is I don't want to say where it is because of, of identity purposes. It's a different base, and I went there and I did my truck driving school, and that's like another ten to twelve weeks. So it's it's you go to a different place to to your your your, your specialty. Say like John Doe, you wanted to be a radio operator. Well, you do your basic at Fort Knox and then say you go to Langley, Virginia to do your, your communications training or say, say Mofo, you want a technician to, to, to rebuild shit or, or a mechanic. Then you're going to go to say Camp Pendleton or, or somewhere out West to do your, your training. 
training from your, your basic training. You're not going to do your, your AI individual training at the same place that you did your basic. You, some people do, but most people go to a different place. Now, how, do how advanced do they get? Like, so you said you did like the truck driver training. So what yeah. do they teach you in there? How advanced? Oh, it's, it's, they teach it you. Get? Oh, it gets really, it really, you know, the ins and out of that truck. You get to where you do like a 200 point inspection by, by memory. Cause you have to take this test and you got to do a 200 point inspection in front of the instructor before you even get in the truck to drive. And the driving test, mine was four hours. And you're driving through all types of scenarios and you do nighttime driving with night vision goggles where all the lights are off and you're just using your night vision. You do night vision training. You go on the field for sometimes two weeks and you're sleeping underneath your trailers. Uh, one time it was, it was actually, I would say it was like minus 15, minus 20 degrees and you're out there for three, four days. You do cold weather training, hot weather training. Uh, you offload, you learn how to load supplies. You learn how to load uh, heavy equipment, how to load tanks, how to load food. Uh, you learn the transportation of dangerous goods. Uh, you got to know what all the placards are, all the, like the, the, the placards for corrosion, explosives. What can't you, how to stack stuff? What can't you stack with this? What can't you haul with that? Uh, it's, it's, it's detailed. It's detailed. So okay. now now that you've gone through this process, you became that heavy Mike, the transport trailer driver. It, 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 Mike, yeah. Would you, if you had to do it all over again, is that the path you would take? Yes, because it's, I love driving tractor trailers. I love it. I love every aspect of it. It's fun and it's dangerous. We, we've had Navy SEALs say, your job's more dangerous than us, ours, because we're, we're sitting duck. And what people don't realize is if, if the, if the, Enemy doesn't have supplies; they can't fight. So, and you got to understand, Iraq and Afghanistan—it's not like World War II where you had front lines. You know, it's there is no front lines. It's 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 all over the place. And we're driving percent of the time we're in enemy territory. We've got Marines doing skies are driving around. We've been escorted by M1s, all kinds of vehicles, and they shoot to kill. What are you, what are some of the like? I don't I don't want to get you in any kind of trouble. You don't have to answer this question directly, but what are some of the kind of things you've had to transport that you know of? I've hauled tanks, I've hauled explosives, fuel, food, ammunition, computer parts, uh, spare parts. It's mainly, it's, you know, food, fuel, spare parts. We've hauled tanks, heavy equipment, uh, sandbags, fuel, and other things, of course. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Definitely. Um, but like I said, and, and sometimes, you know, there's times where you're at your FOB, Ford Observation Base, and there's been times, as an 88 Mike, you're not just a truck driver, you're, you're still a soldier, and there's times where you have to do guard duty, right? Well, there's one time where a buddy of mine and I were, were you know, he'd been there for like a year, and we were sitting there, and we're sitting, we had, we had, we had a 50, couple of 50s, and we have our M4s, right? And we're sitting there, and, and, and in Afghanistan, they have a lot of local uh, uh, contractors or civilians Million people working inside our base, right? Which I disagree with for what the reason. The reason being, I'm going to tell you. Uh, every once in a while, you, you come under a mortar mortar attack, right? Where the enemy shoots mortars, and of course they they got shit in your base, right? You're constantly dunking and you're hearing shit coming in. Well, he picked off this guy. He was he was marching paces. He was marching in squares. And, and I go, and I go, I go. Why is this guy marching in squares? He goes, You're going to find out. So he so he was marching in squares, and he was pacing off for the enemy mortar crew that was off in the mountain. He was, he was telling them 
where to hit and how to hit and what the coordinates were pretty much exactly. And we had a couple of fuel trucks that got taken out. We had a couple of planes that got taken out. And then the next day he was doing it again and he popped them off, took them out. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, 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 it happens because you're at war. It's, it is. I mean, you walk around in full, what they call full battle rattle and it's, there's no joke. It's not like you see on TV. It's it's a little bit more intense. It's no joke. Well, G.I. Joe, I, I don't want to cut you off, but I am very thankful for the fact that you've shared this. And folks, we're going to be continuing this at a later date because G.I. Joe has lost a share in terms of his uh, background and uh, extensive war history, I guess you could say. G.I. Joe, I want to thank you once again for this time and uh, coming on the yeah, show. Anytime, man. Anytime. Anytime. Motorsports Mofo, I really appreciate. I also appreciate you, and I know that uh, we had a hard time just keeping you down and not having you say too much. You know what, though? Honestly, there's, there's sometimes uh, you're here to chat. There's times I'm here to uh, just to listen. And I know G.I. Joe have had numerous conversations over the years, but it's always just interesting just to listen and just to appreciate what he's been through and other members that uh, do serve. Yes. And as always at uh, GDP, we do appreciate everything that uh, they have done and the sacrifice sacrifices they made so that we can do our thing uh, back here. Me, you, mean, you, mean like, you mean like uh, grab around in circles and call it a real sport? That's oh, an American oh, oh, sport, oh, actually, sir. Oh, 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 shit. I, I'm, sure a lot, I'm sure a lot of those NASCAR drivers, if yeah. they're listening, I know I'm sure they have an American flag hung in their residence, and the uh, real question I, for the listeners is, does G.I. <laughs> Joe have one? And, and you know, uh, actually, G.I. Joe, you know what you could do? You could post a picture of your, your U.S. flag in your residence to your Instagram, so that we can all see it. Well, I have to I have to ask the wife because you know it, it is her, her you know private residence, so I'd have to ask her. Always serving a master, right? <laughs> On that note, folks. <laughs> uh, nobody likes the tips, so that's why we go deep. Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. This is Go Deep Productions. Thank you for listening to Go Deep, the podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we give our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you would like to reach out to the show, email us at GoDeepThePodcast at gmail.com. And remember, always go deep.